from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. Jeremy Harrell. Hello and welcome to Live from America. And it, of course, you know it's Monday, so it's definitely my favorite show of the week. Because I've been gone for so long and so much has always happened over the weekend now, it's not just a Monday through Friday news day anymore. We live in a very different time. And we live in a time that we desperately, desperately need our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But today, ladies and gentlemen, is August 16th, year of our Lord, 2021. And I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, but God-loving host, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot. I want to say thank you to the almost 3,000 people on social media that are waiting and ready for Live from America today. All of you, thank you for your birthday wishes. I, it's, it means so much to me. You guys, I have packages upon packages in the mailroom that I have to go get. That I seen. I, I brought some up t- today. Uh, to the studio today, but there's so much more down there, and all of that is because of you guys sending me birthday presents, and I just can't tell you how incredibly joyful it is to be among such great people, such great brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, even people from other religions, so many uh, people of the Jewish faith, so many people who are agnostic, we're almost there, but not quite yet. You guys are just all great. And I want to say thank you very much. My family and I had a wonderful weekend together. Uh, basically, the last time last time before school, before we all really, you know, hunker down and, and get back to it. That was pretty much the last little family, va- uh, you know, two two or three day vacation that we could have. So we, we wanted to take advantage of it. And I got to tell you, while we were gone, we maybe seen one in a hundred. Maybe seen one in a hundred people wearing a mask. Those days are done, folks. They might not be done in your liberal cities, your inner liberal cities, but for the majority of America, those days are done. So thank you all very much for your birthday wishes. Again, I love you. Thank you very, very much for everything you do for me, supporting the show and allowing me to do this for you Monday through Friday, twice a day. God bless you. And please, if you haven't done it yet and you really want to give me a birthday present, then hit that share button to three, four, five different Facebook groups, to friends. If you're on your phone watching it on the app, you can easily do it right from there to all your social media platforms. Let's get the word out there that Live from America is here to stay and we're here to make some changes, okay? I want to say um, a very special thank you to Rosa Catalano who I got a chance to meet in Wisconsin and who's been a very big supporter of Life from America. She sent me a prayer bowl. I had never had a prayer bowl before, and when I got back home, uh, I had a package on the on the doorstep, and it was a, a bowl that you write your prayers in, and you put your prayers in that bowl. It's really incredible. Really nice craftsmanship, and Rosa, I just want to say thank you. God bless you. I love you, and it's very much appreciated, the things that you do for me. I'd like to thank Iris Aguilar for the child's the children's Bible that you sent. I added that to the collection, so I want to thank you so very much. Um, I received some really nice presents from Christine Johnson. First of all, she gave me this trump card. And when you open the trump card, this is what you hear. I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I would never say in your case that you're fired, so I'll just say you're hired. (laughs) Thank you, Christine, so much for that. Um, And also, she sent me these uh, two wonderful gifts. Check this out. I got a Mike Lindell bobblehead. Isn't that awesome? He's holding the MyPillow. He's got his Christian cross on his neck. It's really great. Thank you so much for this. And I got a, let's set Mike over here for a minute. And I got a President Predicto, but like a little eight ball. It says, just ask your question and President Predicto will speak the answer. It's really Trump's voice in it as well. So thank you, Christine, for that. The card, the, the my, my, uh, my pillow thing, um, the bobblehead and everything else. Thank you very much. And I also received this great Rebirth of America acrylic block. Very sturdy. Really, really, really great present, but I don't know who it's from. Nothing in there to say who it's from, so whoever sent me this, thank you very much. Uh, quick update before we get to the verse of the day, folks. Again, the tour dates that we'll be on the Save America Freedom Tour will be uh, August 31st in South Carolina, in Merle's Intel, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, at... Um, and uh, we'll be there for the 31st, excuse me, at 6 p.m. And we will be, at, that's Journey Church, at 6 p.m. on the 31st. And at 6 p.m. also in Georgia, 
uh, Cartersville, Georgia, at Creekside Fellowship Church. So if you can make it, if you're in the Georgia area, on the 2nd of September, that's when we'll be in Georgia, at Creekside Fellowship Church, 6 p.m., Eastern Time, so you'll all be able to get out of work and get ready to start your Labor Day weekend that way. And then on August 31st, we will be in Myrtle's Inlet, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach area, uh, for at uh, Journey Church at 6 p.m. as well. So hopefully, hopefully you guys can make it. God bless you, and thank you very, very, very much for all of those who drive so far to get to these shows. All right, guys, I've been waiting all weekend to uh, to share the word of the Lord with all of you. As always, when we get into the weekends, it's it's kind of tough because we're kind of, you know, used to seeing each other so much throughout the week. So let me please go to the verse of the day, and uh, and then we'll get started right away. The verse of the day today was titled, Your Inheritance is Waiting for You. We've all waited for the, we always said when we were growing up, right, maybe some rich uncle or some some rich grandpa that I never knew about will open the mail someday and there'll be an inheritance waiting for you. Well, there is an inheritance waiting for you. All those years of wishing that would happen to finally come true. So check this out. Verse of the day today, Galatians 3.26 through 3.29, through 3.26 through 29 says, for all For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You are an heir. You are an heir to a throne, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. That's incredible news. We've all been waiting for that day. Well, that day has come. That day has come. Some have suggested that when I end the show with you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that I am incorrect. Some have said that the only that only those who have seen the light and found their path to Christ are God's children. But I have to argue that for many reasons. Number one. Jesus didn't set his sights on those who were living by the word of God properly, as much as he did those who were lost and needed help or guidance. Jesus said that a doctor doesn't need to visit somebody who isn't sick, as he compared the preaching of the gospel to sinners, to an ill person needing medical attention. Number two, what do you do when your child isn't listening and seems angry, lost, and distant? What do you do when your child gets into trouble and seems to have nothing to do with, seems to want nothing to do with you? Do you shun him or her? Do you push them out of your life for not obeying? Do you wash your hands of them? No. You reach out to them. You try harder to get through. You comfort them and preach to them. You do whatever you can to get them to course correct at all costs. Can you imagine? If when the prodigal son returned to his father and brother, he was rejected and turned away for what he did while lost and separated from his father? I imagine that he would have dug a deeper hole and ended up dead within no time or locked up in prison. God created all of us in his image. Also, since he created us in his image, we are all his children. Now, to receive your royal inheritance of everlasting life in heaven with him and Christ Jesus. You must open your heart, body, and soul to the gospel. You must let down your walls of pride and accept him as your father in order to receive this massive inheritance that is due to you. It is rightfully yours through your bloodline. No king, no queen on this earth can pass down a more valuable inheritance. You are special. So come back to God today if you are wandering lost and share this message with someone who may need to hear it from Christ today. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen, ladies and gentlemen. And now if you will join me, remove your hat, set your coffee aside, and let us all focus on God, focus on the cross, focus on the blood shed for us to be able to have this inheritance as we all join together and say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And I forgot the very infamous corn pop on Rumble who watches live from America and who comes out of his bunker once in a while. Uh, it's also um, Corn Pop's birthday today. So happy birthday, Corn Pop. I'm glad that I share a birthday with you and that you can let out your inner Corn Pop and party like a rock star. Now, who's ready for some live from America? I know I am, and I know there's a lot to get to. So we're going to get to it even through the breaks today. We're going to try to get to as many... Um, of these topics as possible because there's so much to go over, so much has happened, so much destruction to 20 years of work has happened and we need to talk about it. So, are you ready? Digital TV, Roku, Fire Stick, you ready? Social media, Rumble, YouTube, you ready? Podcast, iHeartRadio, JeremyHarrell.com, let's get to it. The first and foremost section of today is where's Joe Biden? Ladies and gentlemen, where is Joe we spent so much time asking where in the heck Hunter is. Where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? Let's now move to where is Joe? Where is Joe Biden? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to show you a very, very, very disturbing photo right now. Because this photo is going to show you exactly where Joe Biden is. Besides being in his basement bunker on vacation or wherever the heck he may lay his his uh, his head today uh, while while the world is burning while people are dying here's Joe Biden you want to know where he is here he is look at your screen right now there's Joe Biden there he is folks there he is how embarrassing is this picture sitting alone feckle tired old Joe Biden who spent his life plagiarizing everybody that he possibly could to further his career and make people think he was more intelligent than he, than he really was. But ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden is low IQ. Joe Biden is so low IQ, he doesn't even know how to act appropriately, even before dementia kicked in, around people such as young girls and young boys. Joe Biden is so low IQ that he has no idea how to be a senator, much less an illegitimate president. But that's him, sitting by himself. In the Situation Room, by himself, or in a Situation Room, in a basement somewhere, on Skype, or Zoom, or Microsoft Teams, or whatever he's using there, talking to fake illegitimate Vice President Kamala Harris, and the CIA, and many other losers. This is not real, folks. What you're seeing here is not real. Where's the military? You can't tell me that COVID-19 is causing this to happen. Look at your screen. Look how embarrassing that is. You don't think that the people of this world, the dictators of this world, are looking at this going, wow, this was put out by the White House. This, I don't care if it's real. I don't care if it's photoshopped. I don't care what, what the legitimacy of this photo is. What I'm talking about is what it represents. When in history have you ever seen a situation that's over that's unfolding like there is in Afghanistan? When in history have you ever seen something like this so bad where a president is not sitting around his military, sitting around his, you know, Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, the Pentagon officials, the vice president? When in history has that ever happened? It doesn't. So regardless of whether this is a fake show, a Photoshop picture, or whatever, the White House put it out, and what it shows is weakness. What it shows is a feckle, weak, weak old, tired, illegitimate loser who's clearly not in charge of this country. President Trump is more of a leader right now than this guy is. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Look how pathetic he looks, and then look, look at the situation that's unfolding in Afghanistan. Look how bad it is while this guy hides himself either in Camp David or the bunker of the White House. Secretary, uh, uh, pretend to be Press Secretary Jen Psaki is going on vacation as well. Nowhere in, in Washington, D.C. is there anybody who, 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 who cares, and these people caused it. This is what happens under Democrat rule. Your economy gets destroyed. Everything you work for gets wiped out. Your rights get threatened constantly, day in and day out, and world uh, problems happen, such as wars. Remind me what war... I'll, t I'll take a sip of my coffee here. I'll take a slurp of my coffee, if you don't mind. It is my birthday. I'll take a slurp of my coffee while somebody in the comment section, because we know that there's people who hate Life from America who watch it, which is odd. Please, in the comment section, tell me when was the... Um, 
When did we have a war with President Trump in office? Four years. Please tell me which year and what war we were in while President Trump was there. I'll wait. I'm waiting. I still don't see anybody in the uh, in the comment section that can tell me what war we were in from 2016 to 2020, uh, end of 2020. I'll wait. Oh, I see none. I see never. I see none. I see not one. I see there wasn't any. That's right. Because peace through strength. One of the many reasons why the Middle East almost achieved some massive peace. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, the Prime Minister of Pakistan comes out this morning, right before I come on air, and says, congratulations to the Taliban on their success in Afghanistan. Now the people of Afghanistan can truly be free. The people of Afghanistan can truly be free? Okay, well then let me pull up another video for you if, the, if you think this is freedom, because if this is freedom, I don't want anything to do with it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to show you the disgusting, disturbing scenes of people falling to their death from planes, like we saw on 9-11, which apparently white supremacists pose more threat to the United States than people of 9-11, but let me just show you the beginning stages of what, that, of what led to that in Afghanistan. Does this look like freedom to you? Here you go. Check this out. Look at this. Look at people hanging. Hanging on the wheels. Hanging on the side of the plane. Look at this. Right here. Look. Anything they can do to get out of there. Anything they can do to get out of there. And what happened after that is people were falling to their deaths. There are There is video of it, folks. That's Joe Biden. Just a few weeks ago, Joe Biden said there is no way possible for the Taliban to take over Afghanistan if the United States pulls out. No way. Can't happen. And if it does happen, he was pressed then by... It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. By the fake news. It didn't happen. He was pressed then. Well, what if it does? What if something does happen? What percent of the blame... Do would you the in, in 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 an event that that happened would the Biden administration claim he said none? That's right, feckless, weak Joe Biden was like none. He actually then said zero percent. So he said weeks ago that if we pull out and the Taliban takes over Afghanistan, that he will hold zero percent of the responsibility. Talk about stupid. I mean, that is about one of the dumbest statements that you could possibly make. I own zero. What are you talking about, man? Come on, folks. What are you talking about? Listen, if we pull out of Afghanistan the way I want to, if we pull out and get rid of these, you know, just come back home, well, then you can put some peanut butter on your toast. You can put some peanut butter on your toast that you pull out of the toaster with some jelly, and you can order the generals to keep America safe. While we while we swim in the, in, in the water like we did when we were children, back in in, in, in Delaware where, uh, where 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 corn pop was was a, was a bad dude and uh, uh anyway <laughs> I mean it's funny but it's not twenty years wasted twenty years our fathers our mothers our brothers our sisters our family members went over there, and many lost limbs, came back with PTSD. Many died, much like the uh, elderly that uh, died in the nursing homes in Michigan, New Jersey, and New York, and California. 20 years gone like that. And now, I don't want to put uh, thousands of military back in Afghanistan. Now you want to put them back? You took them out. You caused this to happen. You caused the government to collapse and now, and courage is contagious, right? So in the Middle East, that's courageous. That is courageous to people like uh, Al-Qaeda, to like uh, the, the destroyed ISIS that Trump destroyed. That's courage is contagious right there. Right? 20 years. Now before I, go take, before I take a break, I want to show you what other people are saying about Joe Biden's failure in foreign policy. And when I say other people, I mean... CNN? Jake Tapper? MSNBC? What? Everybody is calling Joe Biden out now. Everybody's calling him out now. Check this out. Hello, I'm Jake 
Project Tapper in Washington, where the state of our union is watching a tragic foreign policy disaster unfold before our eyes. Weeks before the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and the deadline for President Biden's complete withdrawal of U.S. service members, the Taliban are laying waste to all the gains in that country. Having seized much of Afghanistan, the Taliban are now at the gates of the capital city of Kabul. The representatives are meeting with leadership inside the Afghan presidential palace. The rapid crumbling of the country has caught the Biden White House flat-footed on Saturday after pulling out almost all of the 2,500 service members there when he took office. President Biden said he would deploy more than more U.S. troops, 5,000 now total, for the limited mission of getting Americans and others fleeing safely out of Kabul. Warning of a, quote, swift and strong U.S. response if the Taliban interfere. And with the constant thrum of helicopters overhead, sources tell CNN this morning that a total evacuation of Americans from our embassy in Kabul is well underway and should be completed by Tuesday. That is, of course, a sharp turnaround from six weeks ago when President Biden called it highly unlikely that the Taliban would overrun the country, an assessment that even at the time struck many experts in Biden's own administration as unrealistic. And now as American diplomats rush to shred embassy documents and escape, it seems shocking that President Biden could have been so wrong. Wow, seems shocking? Does it seem shocking that President Biden could have been so wrong? Does it seem so shocking? Oh, come on, folks, it seems shocking. It's not shocking. It's not shocking to over 100 million Americans who are now labeled terrorists. No, it's not shocking to them. It's not shocking. What are you talking about? Numb nuts. It's not shocking. But that shows you that the left is turning on them, A, because they know that they can't go down with the ship. But folks, don't you think all this is just a distraction? Don't you think all of this was planned? How did the President of the United States not know that this was going to happen when others did? Let's talk about that in the social media break. While we take a break right now from all this, let's go into our social media chats and let's see what people think this is actually all about and what they think of the current resident and his choice to pull out, then put back in, but then destroy everything. Be right back. So Victoria says it's not shocking to me. And Rick says you cannot run the country from the basement. Well, you cannot run the country if you're Joe Biden either. Um... People said, no, not shocking. Becky says, yes, it's a big distraction. I agree. Brandy Peterson said she was a little late, but hi, Jeremy. How you doing, hon? Thank you for joining in. Larry says they're trying to make us communism. Well, that, that's, that's apparent for sure. But it wasn't shocking. Trump was pulling out as well. What's the difference? Not a troll, but honest question. That's a great question, actually. That's a great question. It's how you pull out. It is how you pull out. It is what strongholds that you hold on to, what... Uh, what personnel you leave there, what military people you leave there, what teams, what strike teams you leave there, where you leave them, and how you pull out. It's all about how you pull out. See, President Trump would have backed up pulling out with uh, deals made with the Afghan army and others who were in the area that could have helped protect militias, groups, tribes that are on the side of, of, of anti-Taliban. President Trump would have pulled out in a very, very, very strategic way. With the um, with the promise that if anything even slightly gets screwed up to, to even a smidgen, I'm coming back in and I'm and I'm cracking skulls as they said in the Breakfast Club. If I have to come back in here, I'm cracking skulls. That's the difference because it is the threat of what a president can do. It is the threat of what a president will do with the firepower, firepower and the and the uh, dominant military presence that he has. It's the threat of what could happen that keeps people in check, not necessarily the physical bodies. So great question. That's a that's a wonderful question. Thank you for asking that. I, I appreciate people being honest with real questions. But that's the difference between uh, a Trump and a Biden. It's how you pull out. I agree, we don't need to be living in there forever. But at the same time, we have a job to do and we have an obligation, so we got to figure out how we do it effectively and, and correct. So, great question. All right, back with more Live from America, folks. I want to read to you the statement that was put out, and you probably have already read it because it is Monday, and this is from, you know, already, you know, yesterday and the day before. But I want to read to the the, uh, the statement from President Donald J. Trump that he put out about this. A couple statements, actually. This was the most recent one. Afghanistan is the most embarrassing military outcome in the history of the United States. It didn't have to be that way. Exactly what I just alluded to in the break when we were talking about that. Then he says, can anyone imagine taking our military 
uh, taking out our military before evacuating civilians. Again, how you do something, not the presence there um, that we talked about in the break. Before evacuating our civilians and others who have been good to our country and who should be allowed to seek refuge. In addition, these people left top flight and highly sophisticated, unlike the Obama super spreader event, which was obviously very sophisticated, equipment. Who can believe such incompetence? Under my administration, all civilians and equipment would have been removed. Boom. Then he said this. This was uh, this this morning at 10 a.m. First, Joe Biden surrendered to COVID, and it has come roaring back. Then he surrendered to the Taliban, who has quickly overtaken Afghanistan and destroyed confidence in American power and influence. The outcome in Afghanistan, including the withdrawal, would have been totally different if the Trump administration had been in charge. Who or what will Joe Biden surrender to next? Somebody should ask him if they can somebody should ask him if they can find him. But what he said yesterday, condemning it all and saying that Biden should resign was this. It is time for the Joe Biden, it's time for Joe Biden to resign in disgrace for what he's allowed to happen to Afghanistan along with the tremendous surge in COVID, the border catastrophe, the destruction of energy independence, and our crippled economy. It shouldn't be a big deal because he wasn't elected legitimately in the first place. Now, here's here's what I'm going to say about that. People say, well, this is a result of the Trump administration doing something beforehand. Shut up. Just shut, just, just shut up. That's a stupid statement. You want to know how I know that's true? Because I could prove it. All you'd have to do is put President Trump in charge for 72 hours and all this would be fixed. 72 hours, and every bit of this would be fixed. Pete Santilli, somebody said, show gave breaking news that Kamala Harris is going to resign. Mike Lindell is giving breaking news today at 12 ES uh, uh, Eastern Time on the Pete Santilli show. Well, I'll be watching that. Pete's a friend of mine, so I'll be watching that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Mike Lindell and what happened to him a little bit later, but give President Trump 72 hours, and this is done. This is all fixed. Everything. Everything. That's how I know it's possible. Show you better than I can tell you. Put him in charge and see what happens. Meanwhile, President Trump is banned from Twitter still to this day (laughs) while the leader of the Taliban, Zabahullah Majad, is actively on Twitter right now. And you tell me this all wasn't by design. You tell me that the person with the most intel when it comes to military operations and military actions and uh, 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 here and abroad, you tell me that the President of the United States didn't know about the plans to take over Afghanistan by um, the Taliban? Reporters knew about this overseas. Not only did reporters know about this, but people with inside information said this is exactly how they're going to do it if you pull out in this way. It was known to everybody with any kind of military um, information, any kind of intel, any kind of information uh, regarding what would happen. Anybody who works over there, who covers this, Christians that are underground, they could all tell you that if you pull out in this manner, this is going to happen. We have the intel to prove it, and Biden still ignored it, which means that he came on TV and lied to the American people straight to their face once again that he didn't know what was going to happen, that he didn't know any of this would happen, and said everything would be okay. Time we pull up those articles of impeachment, don't you think? Don't you think? So, Trump doesn't have Telegram, but Zabahula Majad does have Telegram. The one who's who's right now guilty of killing people, executing people, women and everybody. He's, he's doing that actively right now. But, while CNN is over there trying to collect ratings... And, and, and telling you that, that this was a bad move, this is a failed policy by the Trump administration, Chris Wallace, dirtbag Chris Wallace on Fox, is saying just the opposite. Dirtbag Chris Wallace is sitting here talking terrible to Mike Pompeo that this is Trump's fault, and this is all the Trump administration's fault. I'm not going to play the whole interview, because I can't stand Chris Wallace, but I'll play you some of it, so you can see what, hap- what, what Fox is doing compared to CNN. I would never tell you to watch CNN. I'm just telling you how low... Fox has fallen. Check this out. Well, Chris, it certainly looks like it. Uh, it. It looks like the Biden administration has just failed in its execution of its own plan. It looks like they're now trying to get folks out. This re- this reminds me of when we've seen previous administrations allow embassies to be overrun. It's starting to feel that way. 
It also looks like there's a bit of panic having to reinsert soldiers to get them out. The plan should have been, much like we had, was that we would have an orderly, conditions-based way to think about how to draw down our forces there. We actually delivered on that promise. I, I hope we get these folks out. I hope they'll bring the air power. They should go crush these Taliban who are surrounding Kabul. We can do it with American air power. We should put pressure on them. We should put inflict costs and pain on them. We shouldn't be begging them to spare the lives of Americans. We should be imposing costs on the Taliban until they allow us to execute our plan in Afghanistan. There are a lot of questions here. Let me start with one, the one that I think is most important to the American homeland. If, I guess we should say, when the Taliban takes over, what does it mean for U.S. national security? Can we, as the Biden administration promises, from over the horizon, uh, deal with a terrorist threat to the U.S. homeland from inside Afghanistan? Well, Chris, this is one of the most important questions. It depends on a couple of things. The first is the context for American security policy. So think, think about what's happening today. The Taliban are aggressive and they are fearless because we have an administration that has refused to adopt a deterrence model, the one that President Trump and I had. Right? The, the, we've had Iranian rockets land in Israel. We've handed a pipeline back to the Russians. Right? We've allowed the Chinese to castigate our senior leadership in Anchorage. And now we're allowing the Taliban to run free and wild all around Afghanistan. You have, they have to understand that there's an administration with a backbone and a seriousness to execute on the things that matter and protect and defend America. So this gets to the larger challenge. What, what will the Taliban believe that the Americans are prepared to do if they begin to play footsie with al-Qaeda or let ISIS begin to grow in Afghanistan? If it's like the Carter administration and the Obama administration and now what appears to be the first seven months of the Biden administration, the Taliban will feel free to do this, I, I can assure you. Uh, were I still the Secretary of State with a Commander-in-Chief like President Trump, the Taliban would have understood that there were real costs to pay if there were plots against the United States of America from that place. Qasem Soleimani learned that lesson, and the Taliban would have learned it as well. And we just talked about that on the last break we took, about fear of what we could do. That was That's what Mike Pompeo was alluding to. I'll play a few more minutes of the video. Hold on. President Biden released a statement yesterday in which... In effect, he blamed President Trump and your administration for the deal that you made with the Taliban back in 2020, uh, which resulted in a, in a promise at that time that President Trump had stayed in office to pull all troops out by this past May. I want to read you some of what President Biden said in his statement. When I became president, I faced a choice, follow through on the deal or ramp up our presence and send more American troops to fight once again in another country's civil conflict. Mr. Secretary, what do you think of President Biden's attempt here to, to blame, to pin all the blame for what's transpired in these last few weeks on the deal he says he, quote, inherited from President Trump and from you? Now, see, what I'll do right now is I'll save you the... the the headache of listening to any more of Chris Wallace, but what he goes on to do, he used Biden's statement in this interview. If you go back, if you go watch it, he used Biden's statement to plant the seeds for him to do what Chris Wallace always does, and that is side with the Democrats and act, ask ridiculously stupid questions. He goes on to say, do you regret pressing the Afghan government to release 5,000 prisoners, which they did, some of whom are now back on the battlefield fighting with the Taliban. He goes on and asks questions like that and starts then uh, demoralizing the President Trump administration and, and, and also shifting what Biden said to what he uh, ends up saying himself. And he ends up blaming it on, the pre on Trump's administration. Never mind all the, the, the thousands of people that, that, that Obama and Biden let go of Gitmo that ended up killing massive amounts of people and beheading people. Yeah, I bet Chris Wallace wasn't nasally talking about anything then. Ugh. Makes me absolutely sick. And, 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 and Mike Lindell, where you at, Mike? There you go. Mike Lindell, God bless his heart. God bless his little pillow heart, little pillow fighter you. He called out Fox all week last week. I will be the first to admit that what went on at that symposium was long and drawn out. I'll be the first to admit that they could have had it set up better. If I was in charge of setting up that event, I would have done it a little differently. However, I'm not, and it's not my deal. I'm just out here fighting along with Mike, as many of you are. But the bombshells that came out of it, if you could endure the hours of 
waiting. The bombshells that came out of it were huge, and Fox didn't cover it. Fox didn't cover that, did he? Did they? Never would they cover stuff like that. So I got I got to give it to Mike Lindell for calling them out because they needed to be called out. Fox needed to be called out for their lack of leadership in journalism, for their lack of, uh, of, of care for America, really, when it all comes down to it. Mike Lindell said that. He's like, don't you care for your country? Don't you care? And people lashed out on that. So Mike is a brave patriot. I love the guy. Love him. Just talked to uh, his uh, aide this morning. We're going to try to get him on the show again uh, here very shortly. We're going to take a quick break, highlight a great patriot, with PatriotFoods.com, we're going to come back with more Live from America right after this. The majority of produce brands you're buying in your local stores is imported produce, and it's putting the American farmer out of business. Patriot Foods is fighting back by providing U.S.-only produce. Choosing the Patriot Foods brand is how you can support the American farmers, families, and our service men and women. Patriot Foods has family that has fought in the two major world wars. We strongly believe in your patriotism and your willingness to do what's right for your country. We need your help. Please join the fight and demand your country's brand in your local stores. We thank you and salute you. All right, back from More Life from America. What I want to read is somebody just said, that's not a fair statement, Jeremy. They had to change on a dime. They were getting hacked from the minute they started to the minute they quit. Oh, I agree, 100%. But it's a fair statement in the fact of their layout of the way they wanted to display things. Even if you take away the hacking that they had to, to maneuver around, there was still the way they displayed showing um, showing people uh, how they went through everything. Like, say for the code monkey thing, Okay. The Code Monkey thing, Code Monkey Z thing, when he was showing people, but he wasn't he wasn't familiar with Windows, they should have known he wasn't familiar with Windows, and they should have had a Windows guy right there with him to assist him into showing him where to locate files. Because it was that kind of stuff that every normal people, like not people like us who are really into it, but normal people out there who really don't know anything, it was like, well, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. And it allowed fake news to be able to say, see, look at, look at this, hours of rambling. That's what I was talking about. But I agree with you outside of that. All right, let's uh, let's break this. Let's break for a little bit, and uh, but let's give Chris Wallace the Dum Dum Award before we move on, shall we? Rhino, Chris Wallace. Maybe he's a Democrat. I don't know. Either way, he's a Dum Dum, so he gets the Dum Dum Award today. And thank you to the eight thousand people that are watching. If you please, if you haven't shared or liked the video, please do so um, as we move forward. Okay, War Hero and Triple Amputee Brian Kofage. You know him. He's a friend of Steve Bannon's. War hero, like I said, triple amputee, tried to tried to get the wall built, tried to do anything he could to help get the wall built. You're not gonna you're not gonna like what I'm about to read to you guys because it's not only about him, it's happening all over the country to every to everybody. Brian Colfage, obviously being a triple amputee, he takes pain medications. Those pain medications are given to him through the VA. Through the VA. But but much like people who refuse to take the Fauci shot, are being harassed and being basically the walls are closing in on them or with their life around them to get them to force them to take the shot. Well, Brian Kofage is still, is still being attacked, harassed, and bullied by the federal government because now the VA and his physicians took away his pain medication. They're taking away his pain medication. And they're saying that it's because they can wean him off of it, that there are other ways. There are other therapeutics and other pain relievers that he can take rather than the pain medication that he's on. I would love if one of his doctors were a triple amputee so they could say, oh, wait, wait a minute. This hurts badly. This hurts badly. My entire life I'm in pain because of what happened to me fighting for this country. So he wrote them a letter and said, look, I've tried these other things. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried what you're talking about. None of this stuff works. None of this stuff takes away my pain. Now, whether he, whatever his politics are, he, he, he's, he needs these kind of medications. And who is anybody to tell him he doesn't need them? You know what I mean? The point of the matter is here, what I'm trying to get to is how the federal government is using its power, a power they should have never had to the people, a power they should have never had to the people. They are using that to, to come down on people, take away their freedoms, and force them into doing what they want them to do. Some of it is taking away their pain medication. The doctor responded back to all of his 
all of his uh, uh, questions and, and, and concerns about getting taken off any, all of his pain medication, the doctor responded to, uh, basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but you can handle it. We're going to start weaning you off. But that's not it, folks. We're going to make a phone call here, and I don't know these people, and I don't know how true it is, but I got a letter. I got a letter from one of the people who watch Live from America from these people, and this is what it says. This is in North Carolina, in Boone, North Carolina. Compassionate Care is the, is the, um, is the, uh, the medical facility, Compassionate Care. And it said this, this was sent on August 3rd. Dear patient, in an effort to keep all of my patients and staff healthy, I have decided to discharge patients who are refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. It is not fair to the 3,000 plus vaccinated patients that I have in my office to be exposed to the 100 or so people who refuse to get vaccinated. Here is what we know about the COVID vaccine. And then it goes and lists all the stupid CDC stuff. And then it goes in bullet points. And then it goes to this. My goal is to keep patients healthy. And I strongly believe that this is the best way to do this. This letter is to inform you that I'm discharging you unless you can show proof of your vaccine. I will see you for emergency visits via telehealth for the next 30 days and will help facilitate the transfer of your records to another provider that, should you choose to get the vaccine. Another 30 days from this notice, you will no longer be my patient in my office unless you are vaccinated against the COVID-19. Please know that I have your best interest at heart. What? Now, Rumble Dog says, I got the same letter. Okay. I think we should do some calling, don't you? I think we should do some calling because people like this are disgusting. Compassionate care? Compassionate care? Playing right into the segregation, using people's medical, uh, using their health against them, using the status of their health against them, playing politics with medicine, playing politics with helping somebody, again, pointing the finger but not treating anybody. Disgusting, disgusting Satan uh, scumbags. That's what they are. So we're going to call them. We're going to call them. And I think you all should too. 828-832-8300. Again, that is 828-832-8300. And the doctor's name is Dr. Leslie A. Smith. So we're going to call and see if we can talk to Dr. Leslie A. Smith real quick. Yes, hi. I'm wondering if I could speak with or be transferred to the voicemail of Dr. Leslie Smith. Uh, she doesn't have voicemail. How may I help you give her a message? Well, this is uh, Jeremy Harrell from Live from America. We're actually hoping to get a statement from her about her decision to refuse vaccine uh, health care to people who have not gotten the vaccine. Jeremy, Live of America. Live from America. Okay, and what's your number? Well, um, I'm live on air right now, so I don't want to give that out, but I will give an email. Sure. It's Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at Jeremy Harrell, which is H-E-R-R-E-L-L, dot com. And I just lo- and I would just love to set up some time with her to, to get her statement rather than just read it in the news. You know, what the truth is to that and what the circumstances are surrounding it. We feel that everybody should have an opportunity to be able to, you know, defend themselves from any kind of false accusations with all the fake news going on out there. All right, I'll let her know. All right, thank you very much. Uh-huh. God bless. Ooh, she was not happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, I'll let her know. Bless your heart, dear. Nope, she didn't even have the kindness to say that. She just wanted to get off the phone as soon as possible. So maybe, maybe all of you should give them a call and see if you could get through to Dr. Leslie A. Smith to see why she would choose to get rid of people and not help people based on their freedom to choose knowing that people with the COVID-19 vaccine are not only contracting it, passing it, but also dying from it. That's what I would love to know. Not only contracting it, but passing it and dying from it at an alarming rate. Higher, higher, and higher every week. Very curious. Very, very curious. So speaking of communism and the attempted destructions of the United States of America (laughs) over the weekend, 
The Department of Homeland Security has put out a statement, which you all, I'm sure, are aware of now, <laughs> of a highly potential terror threat to the United States of America. You want to know who it is? It's you. You are the highly potential terrorist threat to the United States of America. All of you. Every single one of you watching this show right now, you are more of a potential terror threat to the United States of America than Al-Qaeda, Islamist extremists, children who have, had, have been heavily medicated and want to shoot up schools. You're more dangerous than all of them. You are more dangerous than people who want to blow up buildings, put pipe bombs on streets, and destroy marathons. You are more of a terror threat than the people who want to take down the United States of America from within, like the Biden administration, Ilhan Omar, AOC, and Rashida Tlaib, and the rest of them. You and your children who might believe the same thing that you might believe or have questions, you are terror threats. Number one, anybody who opposes the COVID-19 procedures or measures, you are a potential terror threat. Any, Think about this, folks, in America, but you know what I say to this? And... Start that crap. Start that crap and see what happens in this country. Start it. I'll be the first one to let you come and 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 and, and harass me and intimidate me. I don't care. You think we're you think we're going to shut up because you're you're trying to threaten us like you're doing these states from doing election integrity uh, integrity audits? You think we're going to let you threaten us? <laughs> look me in my eye. Does it look like I'm afraid of you? If I was afraid of you, I'd stop this show today and I'd never do another broadcast. That's what i got to say to you. So number one, anybody who opposes the COVID-19 procedures or measures. Number two, claims of election fraud and belief that Trump can be reinstated. You're a terrorist. You're a terrorist. Even though I've told you a thousand times, I don't care about the machines and I don't care about anything else. I can prove to every single person on this planet that the election was illegal by telling you one thing and one thing only. That the people who did not have the power to change election law in their state changed the election law to facilitate more mail-in ballots for to, to come in days and days after the election without the proper approval of the state legislature, which under the Constitution and the state Constitution gives them full power to make and change election laws, not the people who did it. That right there is a fraudulent election period i don't care what you say about how many ballots came in i don't care about machines i don't care about judication i don't care about switching votes i don't care about any of that i can tell you right now that the that the law was changed illegally in order to facilitate more ballots coming in after election day but because I, I my my question would be was who was the winner when you went to bed on election night who was the winner and who was the winner 24 hours after uh, ballots or uh, the election was 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 paused who was the winner 24 hours after that and then you can link that back to the illegal activity that i just said and that tells you everything you need to know about a fraudulent and illegitimate election which needs to either be overturned or redone period so if that makes me a terrorist <laughs> i guess i'm a terrorist then who knows but again folks don't you think that this war that's going on in Afghanistan, knowing that the president had to have had, had to have known all this stuff, don't you think that all of this stuff going on is just a major distraction from all of that that we that I just labeled that I just said right there? Everything that I just said right there, they're trying to get your mind off of, get it off of. Don't don't listen to the my pillow guy. Don't talk about the symposium. Don't talk about the ballots. Don't talk about the legislation. Don't talk about the illegal ballot. No, 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 no. Don't talk about the harvesting. No, don't talk about any of that. Don't talk about COVID nineteen or you're a terrorist. You're a terrorist. You're a terrorist. It's all brainwashing. You're not a terrorist. And that one stick anywhere apply the pressure folks apply the pressure and apply it hard it's also happening in california too not just the united states not just the federal government california is doing the same thing because right now california house passed a bill on friday to fine or jail any protester outside of a vaccination site Fine or jail any protester outside of a vaccination site. Scary, right? Meanwhile, BLM can protest and burn things and, and cause insurrections in Capitol buildings. Abortion, people can, people can protest uh, you know, Christian events and Christian rallies and get them shut down because they, don't, uh, they think you should be able to murder babies. That all can happen. But if you protest... In, 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 not yet, but the, but the California House passed the bill. Now it's going to go to the Senate. If you protest outside of a vaccine site in California, you could be arrested from using your constitutionally protected God-given right to protest. You could be arrested. 
all distractions, all threats to get you to shut up and stop. We're going to put you in jail if you don't stop. Cool. Go ahead and do it. We're going to call you a terrorist if you don't stop. Cool. Go ahead and do it. We're going to label you a terrorist and throw you away and lock away the key and destroy your family. Go ahead. Do it. Because I'm not shutting up for anybody. And I guarantee that the 7,500, 8,000 people that are watching right now aren't going to do it either. They don't care. No, they, you, right. <laughs> We're done with that stuff. We don't care. We're done with that stuff, folks. So, if, you, if you're in California, this recall vote, think about it. Everybody's talking about, don't split the vote, don't split the vote. Only Larry Elder can beat um, Newsom. Don't split the vote. you got to vote for one guy. No, that's not true, folks. There's two questions on the California ballot coming up. Number one, do you want to recall the governor? Yes. That is the main question you have to answer. Yes. I want to recall the governor. Period. Yes. That's, that's the number one question you got to make sure you answer. Look for question number one on the upcoming recall ballot. Make sure you put yes. Because it doesn't matter who you put underneath that. It just means you want to recall the governor. Then, the next question is, which candidate would you like to be the governor? And then whoever wins the most out of that will become the next governor. Guess who's not on the ballot? Newsom. Gavin Newsom is not on the ballot. So for all of the one-sided finance raise, financial raisings that he could do, unlimited spending, he cannot be on the ballot. Vote yes, period. Vote yes, and then put your candidate. There's two questions. Make sure you hit them both. If you don't hit them both, folks, then there's going to be a problem. Okay, You have to make sure you vote yes that you want them recalled. Then after that, you can vote for you know Larry Elder or Caitlyn Jenner or whoever else is running that you might want you know that you might want to see there. But you gotta vote yes. You gotta get him out first and foremost before everything else. All right. We got about three or four more stories to hit, including the update on the election fraud audits that are going on. After we show Real America's Voice some love for for having the going out on a limb and putting me on their network at all costs. Be right back, folks. More live from America. Hey, War Room Posse. Real America's voice in the War Room's voice just got louder. Look, we're rolling out throughout the country because of this grassroots movement and support that you give us. The fight against the corporate interests, the extreme left, the woke media, the woke corporations, Wall Street, is only going to get tougher and more meaningful. You now can see us on your local TV stations. Check out locally where you can get Real America's voice in the War Room. Check it out. Real America's Voice in the War Room coming to a TV station near you. Okay, let's get to it. Again, vote yes and then vote for Kylie or Jenner or, um, you know, uh, Elder or whoever you want to vote for after that. But vote yes. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Okay. Lauren says, yeah, the show goes fast. It sure does. It sure does. All right, I want to give you guys an update on where we are in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Wisconsin with the election fraud updates. These are things you need to know, so make sure you pass them on, okay? In Arizona, they expect they will be producing their entire preliminary report next week, the week of the 22nd. That entire preliminary report is coming out. What comes after that? Well, if we had had all the routers and passwords, then it would have been a canvassing time. However... They haven't, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors has until the 20th, has until the 20th to let Mark Burnovich, the AG of Arizona, know what their plans are moving forward, and he's investigating them fully for them not turning over those passwords or routers. However, once this preliminary report came out, if it showed what we all think it's going to show, then it would be canvas time. It's automatically going to happen anyway. It's inevitable. Canvassing will happen, and that is what the DOJ is trying to threaten Arizona with. So look, be on the lookout for that preliminary report, and we'll go through it next week when it comes out. Georgia and Pennsylvania are still in a period of subpoenas, gaining, uh, gathering statewide support behind um, uh, senators in Philadelphia and, 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 and election officials in Georgia. Um, we got Senator Doug Mastriano up there gathering support. Things are moving forward, but nothing big has happened. And we're waiting on some judgments as well. But here's some big news that happened out of Georgia. Fulton County Election Chief Ralph Jones has resigned. The guy that oversaw the late night flooding of, of mail-in ballots, the pump and the dump of late night ballots that came in in Fulton County after President Trump already won, that's the guy that oversaw the entire project. He just resigned. So that is good news and some and something that you guys need to know as we move forward. In Wisconsin, Iowa and Sheboygan County GOP have sent letters and have now added their support 
uh, saying that they want a full forensic audit. That means four major counties, including the majority of senators and and um, uh, House representatives in the state, want to push forward with a forensic audit. Inevitable, it's going to happen there as well. Remember, all we need, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. Wisconsin is just ch- cherry on top. That's all we need to decertify and call this what it is, which is an illeg- illegitimate presidency. Which is an illegitimate presidency. Now I want to hit you with the Mike Lindell story, folks. You got the update on the election fraud audits, which I will keep you updated on. Uh, and that guy, and that guy who is uh, who resigned, let's not uh, let's not rule out that he might be uh, la 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 singing, singing to those election officials, singing to those elected officials. Woo-hoo-hoo! That should tell you everything you need to know. Um, Mike Lindell, he said what happened to him. It it it, it came out what did happen to him when he was attacked. At the symposium, he said he was coming from dinner, going back to his hotel, the woman that he's been uh, with for quite a while now. And as he was back, coming back from the restaurant to the elevator in the hotel lobby, near the elevator, he was approached by two guys who saw him, and they were just dressed in regular clothes, jeans, t-shirts, t- shoes, and they were like, "Oh, we need a picture with you. We need a picture with you." And they ran over to take a picture of them. Now, at this moment, Mike Lindell had no security. I think I don't think Mike Lindell really had a lot of security just, you know, in his everyday life up until this point. Now he does 24-7, which I think he needs. I think he needs it, or else he's going to end up like Seth Rich, I'm sure. So he had these two guys run over to him that wanted to take selfies with him. He said he thought it was kind of weird the way that they ran to him, the way that they were almost waiting for him near the elevator and ran to him and wanted a selfie. He said, and he said that their mannerisms and the way they were acting was really odd and really weird. He said just then, as they were getting ready to take pictures, two more people from the other, from another direction, we came rushing up, and they were dressed in nice suits, and they also wanted to take pictures and selfies with Mike Lindell. And it appeared that the two groups of, of guys, the, the two gentlemen over here and the two gentlemen here, knew each other, and he thought that that was really, really, really weird seeing that the way they were both dressed and the way they both came from two different directions. He said they closed in on him. And he said he's been in situations like that before where he knows he can feel it deep down in his gut. Okay, being an ex-addict and being in some situations where he has had guns to his head, he said he knew something was up. There was something weird. There was something off about this. He said just as they were getting ready to take the selfie and the two groups of people had closed in on him and and his girlfriend, um, the group of guys with the suits on, grabbed him underneath his arm, like right here where there's like a a, a sensitive pressure point, and started squeezing his arm really hard as they were taking the the picture. Mike said it hurt so bad that he wanted to scream in pain, but at that moment, he knew that these guys were there to intimidate him. He knew they were either part of Antifa or part of the left or whatever. But he said he squeezed him so hard he wanted to scream in pain. He said his fist tightened up, his body tensed up, and he was in, he was in serious pain. But he said he did not want to give them the satisfaction with having no security there, that he was in pain, and he didn't want to give them the uh, information that he knew that something was up. He wanted to try to play cool as if they were just there doing this, as if they were just there for a picture. He didn't want to add fuel to the fire. But he said it was he, he was seriously hurt. At that moment, some more people were starting to come near, and he broke he kind of just broke free from them. They got on the elevator and were able to get to their room. He said when they got to their room, the first thing he did was check under his arm because he thought that it hurt so bad. He said it hurt so bad that it felt like somebody had injected him with something. He was looking for a needle mark. He was looking because he thought something penetrated his skin. He said he just smiled, fought through the pain, and got away. And now he has got 24-7 security, which is more money he's got to pay out of his pocket. Which is why it's great that we've been supporting him and and holding him up like that. But that, that was the extent of what happened. And he then went on when he was talking to law, law enforcement that they said that there's certain pressure points on the body and under your arm there is one that you can literally paralyze somebody, temporarily paralyze somebody or drop them to their knees. And he said he's, he, uh, he thinks that that's what they, what they were going for, but it was an intimidation tactic. It was an intimidation tactic. So that's what happened to Mike Lindell. That's what happened. And I, now I got my Mike Lindell bobblehead. 
And you know what I'm going to do? Every time they attack Mike, every single time, me and my family are going to buy something from him. Now, because I'm in partnership with him, he gives he, he will give me stuff for free if I ask. The company will give me stuff for free, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Out of my own money, I'm going to buy stuff from him because every time they attack him, I'm going to empower him. And I urge you all to do the same thing. And whether you put in my promo code or Bannon's or whoever's, you're ultimately supporting him. Okay? And if you do want to put in my promo code, it is LFA. But that's what happened to him. And now before we end the show, before we end the show, folks, I know that Mike Lindell is going to be on Pete Santilli, and I want to check that out. I want to see what he's dropping. Maybe I'll have Pete on maybe later tonight, and we'll talk about it as well. I'll call Pete. Maybe I'll get him on. But I want to play a video for you real quick that came from OAN. And if you have COVID-19 and you are elderly or you have some kind of underlying condition and you're afraid, if you can track COVID-19, there are therapeutics and possibly cures out there outside of the vaccine, folks. And you should know about them. How do you think President Trump was cured in just two days? How do you think he went into the hospital feeling like he said he felt and then, boom, came out in two days feeling like 20 years old? Hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir, and now, from OAN, it looks like there's another one that could help cure, cure, uh, cure the coronavirus as well. So this is for your good. If you do contract COVID so you know how to protect yourself without having to take that ridiculous vaccine. Check this out have a new tool in their arsenal for the fight against coronavirus. One America's Pearson Sharp has more in the medicine that researchers in Australia say could cure the virus in just 48 hours. The fight against coronavirus could have a powerful new weapon. It's called ivermectin. News out of Australia has revealed doctors are now successfully using the drug to treat patients infected with the coronavirus, with one doctor saying it makes corona very simple to kill. So far, the medicine hasn't been widely used against the coronavirus specifically, but is typically used for parasitic infections. However, a peer-reviewed study led by Monash University back in April found that even a single dose of the drug could kill the coronavirus in less than 48 hours. Ivermectin is well-established and has been available since the 1970s. It's FDA-approved and is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. That means it has very few side effects and is considered one of the safest drugs in the world. In fact, in 2011, a scientific journal in Japan, where the medicine is originally from, called ivermectin a wonder drug on the same level as penicillin and aspirin. And it's not only potent, it's also very inexpensive. The wholesale cost for a course of treatment is just 12 cents, meaning it's a safe and widely available treatment for the coronavirus. Australian doctor and professor Thomas Borody is spearheading efforts to raise awareness for the drug's effectiveness. It's an antiparasitic. It sits across South America, quite a bit in the USA, um, also India and Bangladesh. And in those places where trials between 80 and 160 patients were done, the amazing and surprising thing is there's not one paper where it was successful less than 100%. That is the actual factual result. It is curative within six to eight days. He says when used in combination with two other drugs, an antiviral called doxycycline and zinc, that ivermectin is amazingly effective in treating the coronavirus. The medicine works by allowing healthy cells to quickly remove the virus, preventing it from taking hold. Dr. Borody adds that countless doctors and frontline workers around the world, including himself, are already taking this treatment as a preventative against the coronavirus. If we use a preventative combination of ivermectin every, say, two weeks, it would work like a vaccine, but it would not only cure, vaccine doesn't cure, and prevent recurrence as long as you took it for one year, two years. Even doctors in the U.S. are having success with the drug. Doctors in Broward County, Florida, say they're already curing coronavirus patients with ivermectin and seeing a near 100% success rate. If we get to those people early, and what I mean by that, if their oxygen requirements are less than 50%, I've had nearly a 100% response rate. They all improve. Now, the reason why I wanted to play this for you guys, something we've all known. Trump was right. Trump talked about this when he was in office. Trump was right the whole time. Okay, the reason why I wanted to play that is because OAN's keeping it real, and I like that. And for some who have not heard about it, even even uh, even Bullcup said, 
I took it and was cured in three days. For people who want to do anything but take the vaccine, you have to know what you can take. Talk to your doctors about remdesivir. Talk to them about hydroxychloroquine. Talk to them about... What's this one called? <laughs> Again. <laughs> what's this? Ivermectin. Ivermectin. Talk to them about that because that's what you guys... Um, that's what you guys need to be taking rather than some crazy vaccine. That's my opinion. I'm not a doctor, but it's my opinion. All right, folks, thank you very much. That's going to do it for the first hour of today. I'm so glad to be back with you again. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. I want to thank you guys very much for everything that you do for me, all the shares. We had a record number of people watching here on Rumble today. That's all a testament to how great you guys are. Thank you so much. Got a lot more to come tonight. So remember, there are right ways and there are wrong ways. But there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. And keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God. And no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. God bless you guys. Re